0: Welcome to the Cybersecurity Matters podcast, a series of interviews with key leaders throughout the industry, all brought to you by the cybersecurity team at Nuco, a specialist global recruitment and executive search firm. Welcome to the Cybersecurity Matters podcast. Your hosts today are me, Harry Baldwin, and Millie Hall, and we're delighted to be joined today by Dmitry Viktorov, CTO of Tossybox. Dmitry is a versatile security leader and executive with over 25 years experience leading diverse high-performing global teams across the engineering, technical and commercial function. Starting out in software engineering leadership, Dimitri joined Finnish security powerhouse F-Secure and went on to introduce and lead the development of new innovative products in the company's portfolio. Before departing the company, which became with Secure after the merger in 2022, Dimitri was the head of product and technology for a high profile and fast-growing cloud protection solution. Dimitri currently works for OT and IoT cybersecurity business Tossibox as their CTO, leading and overseeing strategy and execution behind their innovative and disruptive security products. Welcome to the show, Dimitri.
1: Yeah, thank you, Harry, and thank you for having
0: me. Yeah, it's great to have you on. Um, So today we'll be talking all things you, Tossibox, people, and the security industry as a whole. But to get us started, we always love to ask people the same question. How did you first get into the cybersecurity industry?
1: By incident or accident, how you would call it, because I didn't really plan to be a cybersecurity. And I didn't even plan to be a software engineer. So I was always thinking and planning to be a sport coach. So and then like many things happened and then my life actually changed a bit. So then after the university, I ended up in the software engineering and even in the beginning of my career, again, I didn't do things related to the security at all, but then logical or evolutionary, I basically started looking into security and then actually taking more leadership positions. So then I got like my, my hands dirty in that business.
2: Amazing. That's super, Yeah, super great to hear. We love to kind of hear how people first got into the industry. It's always a different kind of story. Um, we had a few questions kind of around your career. Um, so who or what has been the biggest influence on your career so far?
1: Yeah, that's a very good question. I, I would shortly answer that it's parents, family, friends, and then unforeseen changes. So that's even like, you know, you don't expect what is going to happen, but when it happens, then it changes your life.
2: Of course, that's a great answer. And it's, it's those changes that kind of lead you down a different path for sure. And what achievement would you say
1: you're most proud of? I would probably mention three things because when I was young and like childish uh, I was at least proud to be a sportsman and then my achievement was that I ended up in the national youth athletics team so I was even in top three top five but then one change happened I got a trauma and then I was out of the sport so then the second achievement that I'm really proud of I have a beautiful and talented daughter and then the last, and probably like at least uh, related to the professional experience. Of course, I'm proud to be a parent or co-parent of a number of successful and unsuccessful products.
2: Amazing. What what was your sport? Decathlon. Decathlon. Very cool. Very nice. Um, and what's been the best piece of advice you've given to someone over the years, or that you've I, been given?
1: Yeah, I've got which? a number, but the, the the ones that I like, I would probably start with. Even the advice that i give to others like stay curious so this is what i learned at least in the school in the university and later over their whole professional life then the other one is also trust the intuition so in in many situations when you have numbers and figures and data you still need to trust your gut feeling and the last one it's maybe like a joke but i like it that my previous mentor and line manager actually gave me that it's garbage in and garbage out, which basically means that if you don't think enough or you don't prepare enough for the task in front of you, then the result would be like respective. So you can put it even the other way around that. If you prepare uh, and put more efforts on preparing the input uh, to your team or to, to your task, then the outcome would be definitely high quality.
2: Amazing. Um, and then just lastly around your career, you've kind of, you've obviously had some great successes over the years, including leading kind of range of diverse and se- successful teams. Are you able to pinpoint any key themes that have contributed to these successes?
1: Yeah, of course. And, and, and you already mentioned that one, one kind of success factor is diversity. So I was probably lucky and, and uh, honored to work with the talented people but then at least I noticed and that was a pattern that the high high performance teams they were typically di- diverse and then I joined of course the Finnish company and then the, the company was so different from many other companies in, in Finland so from the day one it was international and diverse so we had like many nationalities and when I joined the company the Finland was not even in the eurozone. So and that was uh, unusual that in this company English was the, the like a main language uh, the other one uh, factor of success I would mention trust within the team because that also t- contributes to the high performance of the team so if people trust each other in the team and they also uh, get support from the line manager or supervisor that that's actually a good formal and definitely like increases the chance that the team will commit Another uh, factor that I was at least practicing and noticed or probably learned from from my experience that it's about empowerment. So this is critical. And that's actually what I'm currently advocating that you need to push the decision-making down, down to the team, as down as possible, because people in the teams, they know what needs to be done. Line manager or leaders, they need to guide, but they need at least to make sure that uh, your teams or your your people get uh, like all data to make decisions on their own. And then the last but not least, I would say that it's in empathy. So it's not only that you need to work with the teams as a professionals, you also need to like care about them as a people.
0: Brilliant. Yeah, there's a fantastic answers, Dimitri. I mean, so many of those are really interesting. Um, Onto the kind of talent section. One of the most amazing things in any industry is it's people and the cybersecurity industry is no different. Um, Obviously the landscape is constantly changing. What do you think are the key talent and hiring topics that need addressing the most in the cybersecurity market?
1: Mm. I would start first maybe with uh, admitting the problem that we we have a significant uh, cybersecurity shortage. And quite often, especially when we are recruiting people and, and engineers to, to to the company like Tosibox or with in the past, obviously many engineers are asking like, okay, should I know like, the cybersecurity topic or not. Uh, of course, in many cases, that's not a mandatory requirement, but this is actually like illustrates the problem that uh, we still need more and we need at least some, again, expertise. And, and this is where the focus should be. Uh, then on the other hand, it's also like a basic or maybe like a medium level of awareness about security what what exactly we are talking about because uh, quite often for the engineers they they try to focus on the technologies like it would be encryption or maybe like specific services and 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 tools. But I would say that uh, there is also a gap in understanding what the security, or maybe in this uh, general way, cybersecurity is all about because it's actually a holistic uh, thing, and and people should need uh, to think about people, products, tools, processes. So it's not only one part. Uh, then I also see that the, the modern reality, since the organizations are moving more to the cloud, then it's also specific knowledge that we are currently missing, or maybe it's not like uh, on the good level. It's a cloud security expertise. So people also need to, to understand like what are the differences between cloud environments, on-prem environment, between your local machine and then the cloud infrastructure, which also leads to the maybe more specific area about what I would call security DevOps or DevSecOps. So uh, it's also a new paradigm or mindset. So that, that is many teams who need to adapt to the fact that uh, since they are developing solutions, they are also responsible for the security. And in the cybersecurity, you know, it's a twofold problem. So first of all, you build the solutions to guarantee security for your customers. On the other hand, you also must build your solutions as secure as possible. Uh, Then, of course, uh, specific areas where we, we have a problem with the key talent, that's what's coming actually from the regulatory compliance, all these standards. It also requires people to understand those standards and also map them to the practical solutions and probably like a specific implementation and processes. And the last thing, which is obviously like a big big thing, not only the cybersecurity, but pretty much like in whole IT industry, it's this machine learning and AI. So that's actually, we also have at least a, a problem with the talent and also at least expertise about how to use AI or machine learning in the security solutions plus we also need to understand that the adversaries they will also uh, uh, use uh, machine learning or AI in, in their kind of tools so this is maybe like just a, a quick overview of the key talent uh, issues because of course there are many many other things including also like mentoring and then professional development and all these things
0: yeah no that, that's really interesting um there's lots of there's definitely lots of themes and I think what is what's so great about the technology industry but specifically cyber security is that it's always changing so I wouldn't be surprised if next week there's there's more things that people are talking about but looking looking specifically at the the skills shortage as one how do you think that you know as an industry you can address that skills gap what can we do to solve that
1: well, I would first start even like with the basic uh, like security expertise or knowledge kind of development already maybe in the university. I would even like dream that maybe in schools, there would be already some classes that would explain kids like what the security is all about or how it actually like comes to the cybersecurity. Um, so that, that would be probably my, my initial kind of thought. Uh, definitely the education and training programs are essential. But then it's also like within the organizations and I'm not talking about Uh, organizations as cybersecurity vendors, but it's organizations who need to be protected. Uh, They they should not rely on the security tools only. So uh, they also need to build internal educational training programs. Also make sure that people understand like uh, why it's not a good kind of idea to click the links in the email messages coming outside, why you should not open like attachments right away. So education and awareness is, is the key uh, and then of course for the professionals it's it's quite important and like you said it's continuous learning things are changing so rapidly not only the cybersecurity domain but in whole technology kind of domain landscape is shifting so rapidly and then the new things popping up immediately so that you need to start thinking like how you are going to address it whether it would be a leverage kind of for your own business or would it be opportunity or would it be a threat so another aspect, at least I would say, what was also at least about this key talent issue, I, I think we are not actually like um, utilizing the, the pool of talent and resources we have in terms of diversity or inclusion. Uh, personally, at least I had also uh, experience working with women in my team and I, I saw a significant difference so I, I think at least in many many kind of engineering disciplines, women definitely need to focus and build their expertise. So uh, there is a great potential. Uh, and I know that th- this is where we need to put the focus on. And, and then I'm also happy to see when, when women and, and then the other nationalities are joining our teams because they bring a bit of diversity. They bring, bring a bit different kind of uh, perspective. And that only makes things uh, much more better. So uh, then, the other thing I would also consider the 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 whole collaboration in the industries. So on different verticals and different kind of levels. So industry need to collaborate and share the knowledge. Plus, of course, we need to innovate and we need to invest in the advanced technology. So this is how I would basically summarize.
0: Yeah, well, that's brilliant. There's, there's so much so much interesting stuff in there. Um, do you think that in some cases, um, I think. In some of the really specific technology spaces um businesses and hiring managers can be very they need to have 10 years of experience in this space which has only been around for five to 10 years do you think that that should be uh, that kind of do you think hiring managers and businesses should soften up on the on the hard requirements or do you think it's more about um when people are a young girl or at university. Do you think it's more about them getting that experience there? Like, what do you think is is kind of a solution on that side of thing? Mm.
1: Maybe, and again, this is my opinion, and it's also like at least from my previous background as a sportman. I personally believe that the generalists are more important nowadays than the specialists. Um, Why? Because again, the landscape is so different and then you need to understand different aspects and cybersecurity is the same thing. So, and then of course you need to have maybe like experts in certain fields, but if you need to build like a holistic solutions and really advanced solutions, so then you need to bring expertise from from different angles. And then it's also a good idea to mix like a team with like uh, younger people and they're like more senior people so that people would bring a different kind of use on the the solution and and tackle the problem. So again, I had an experience working with uh, different teams and I see that sometimes it's important that you, you have like, again, different experiences because if you build, of course, teams around only seniority, it might help. And in certain cases, you need to do it when especially you do a bit of research or you are building advanced technology when you need to have experts. But in many, many cases, when you are building like a product based on the combinations of technologies, then I would say that even like uh, people without experience in cybersecurity, they can actually also make a big impact.
0: Yeah, for sure. That's great. I mean, look, I'd I'd love some of your answers there. It's really interesting. Um, Now, moving on to something that we call the the topic that matters, a couple of questions here. I'm really interested to hear your input on kind of critical infrastructure, OT security, all that sort of stuff. So to kick things off, could you tell us a bit about what you think are the main challenges associated with securing critical infrastructure? Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, that's a good point. Uh, good question. And then I was also like wondering about that right in the beginning because I joined Tossybox uh, not that long ago. Uh, and then of course, I'm I'm coming mainly from the IT security world. But now I'm jumping in what we call operational technology or industrial uh, operational technology world. Uh, So there are many similarities, especially on like, uh, like threats and then all this stuff. Uh, But the OT and and maybe IoT kind of domain, I would say it's a bit lagging behind. It's more conservative if you compare with IT, um, cybersecurity, or maybe IT in general. So specific issues, I would say that at least one thing quite important for for our customers. It's so-called operational continuity. So if you compare that like uh, in IT world, you can take some IT systems down for the short period of time if you need to patch it, update it, or migrate. In OT, it's very, very difficult because you, you are basically like providing essential and critical services, not in terms of IT, but it might be like a real buildings, manufacturers, like conveyors, you name it. So you can't take them down if you, let's say, want to p- apply a patch or you need to reconfigure or you need to secure, Th- that's the big thing. And then we also know, at least from our business, that the life cycle, even for the cybersecurity products, is, is way longer than you might actually see in IT. So at least previously, I remember when we were like de- defining the life cycle model, then it would be maximum three years. In OT, you start from three years, but then it might be actually like five years or even 10 years you are talking about. So, but then the other like uh, challenges in I, in OT cybersecurity, they are pretty much the same in this IT. Maybe again the emphasis to the legacy systems. So um there are quite many like technologies still in the in the OT or used by the customers that rely even like on the protocols which have nothing to do with TCP IP so that, that's the challenge. But other than that, I can quickly mention same issues with uh, like you, you might see on the IT side. So it's actually like limited uh, skills and technologies. Uh, it's also complexity and interdependencies. Then it's again, lack of patching and updates. Insider threats, of course, they are there 10 plus, of course, and maybe that's also like a key thing for the OT that, that some infrastructure is physically exposed. So think about like those, those uh buildings and machineries and whatnot, they are available and, and then the bad guys can basically like come even close to, to that infrastructure. And then, of course, like one mega trend, which actually now brings OT closer to IT, there, there is this ongoing convergence. So now, like IT and OT walls, they are not really overlapping, but they are coming close to each other.
0: Yeah. No, really, really interesting. Um, tell me a bit about how TottiBox uh, is unique and how it solves some of those challenge in what you guys do.
1: Yeah, of course, Tossiebox is probably like a, a, in the specific niche of the whole OT cybersecurity. So what we actually like focusing and, and what's our core and maybe like our strength uh, that we are this so-called network security. So we are like at this helping customers at least with one or maybe like few particular problems what come to the OT cybersecurity about that network segmentation also implementing like at least uh, access control. I would not call it like a completely zero trust, but we are working on extending our portfolio. And of course we we at least making sure that the customers can do it like easily, securely and in more automatic way. Because like I said previously, like customers might use like a different technologies, different protocols. And that's probably also like our unique proposition that uh, our platform is actually uh, Protocol agnostic and even in the industry agnostic. So even if you use uh, some old legacy technologies and and devices, uh, TOSI Box might actually make it easy to connect with your like IT network and then also manage it remotely.
0: Yeah, fantastic. No, really interesting. And you mentioned that you had the the kind of transition from the traditional IT security side to OT security. How did you find it? Did it feel like two different worlds at the beginning, or is it does it feel like You know, how how was the transition for you and why did you decide to make that change?
1: Well, I, I, at least I decided to to change it at least for various reasons. And, and one reason was, of course, a new domain, and new knowledge uh, for myself. Uh, of course, I, I have quite often the, this kind of deja vu feeling that, okay, I've seen and heard this before. Uh, specifically, maybe one example about the cloud, because I remember maybe like five, seven years ago when we were building solutions in the ID cybersecurity space, and we were talking about like cloud-based solutions. At that point, customers were saying, no, we don't trust cloud. So, so we prefer on-prem. Uh, same I hear now, like in OT, the <laughs> security space. I was like, wait a second. I remember, like I've heard this before. But anyway, the trend, of course, continues. And we see many, many customers also in the OT world that they eventually, of course, uh, embrace the change and they start using uh, cloud. So we already at least like, Um, comfortable and and, and talking to our customers that the cloud is eventually a a leverage and uh, even I myself as a security kind of expert saying that it doesn't matter on-prem or cloud it's basically secure and then the security comes from from yourself how you implement it.
0: Yeah brilliant no that's great Um, and you've spoken quite a lot about um practices and regulations within within OT security. What what should the best practices within OT security include?
1: I think they are pretty much the same as in uh, IT world. So typical basically like uh, have your inventory, uh, have like a full visibility, keep the monitoring code, uh, ensure the encryption at rest in transit. Uh, Then, of course, implement at least like segmentation of your network and access control duties. So then, of course, have uh, probably tools and and processes regarding incident response and recovery. Uh, Then, of course, also important in OT Vault, it's about supply chain. So you need to clearly understand like which technologies and vendors you are using and then make sure that they are also secure. Uh, Then specifically for the OT world again, this physical security matters. So then you also need to make sure that you also have proper controls and access to your physical infrastructure.
0: Very nice, fantastic. And one thing we've noticed is Tossybox is, is one of the fastest growing IoT and OT security businesses right now. What makes Tossybox so special? Not just about the product, but tell us a bit about the business and, and what makes it unique.
1: Well, first of all, we are finished. So then yeah. that already explains, right? No, I'm kidding. Uh, but basically, if we if you look at the other solutions available in the market, at least uh, where we stand, uh, 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 comparing with the competition it's simplicity and automation so this this is where we actually like uh, making a lot of efforts to improve it so with our patent technologies we, we bre- definitely bring the sim- simplicity to the high level so that, that's important for us obviously we are growing and we are adding actually more capabilities to make things even more secure and even simpler but then like I mentioned at least also the challenge where we are now at least trying to to innovate it's about this IT and OT converter so this is inevitable and then we are basically also looking at the areas where we could partner and probably build even more interesting solutions.
0: Fantastic. No, look, there's some some brilliant answers there, Dimitri. I've, I've, I've been really interesting and thought provoking um, some of the stuff that you've shared. Um, and before we hit you with our final question, we're going to do something called a quick fire round. So I'm going to uh, offer you one one thing or the other and you've got to say what you would pick. Um, are you ready? Yeah, let's go okay um netflix or disney netflix what was the last movie you watched
1: oh that tough one uh it's an enemy of state i believe
0: okay yeah what was um mountain peaks or bright sunny beach both (laughs) that's not fair you've got to pick one you've got to pick one
1: well then probably beach
0: Nice. Um, what's your favorite game or sport to watch and play?
1: Athletics. I keep
0: running. You're still <laughs> running. You, have yes. you, did you do that? Um you're gonna do like a race with some of the tossy box people.
1: We are. Uh, by the way, as a matter of fact, uh, we are now actually planning the race in May, so we will probably run this marathon relay.
0: Wow, amazing, amazing. Um okay. If you could only eat one meal for the rest of your life, what would it be? Nuts. What's your favorite family vacation?
1: Family vacation, when we go somewhere where we can do hiking, enjoy good weather, good food.
0: Great. What makes you laugh the most?
1: What makes me laugh the most? I don't know. Can we skip this question?
0: (laughs) Don't worry. What would you sing at karaoke night? Neither of those,
1: because I'm really bad at that. And when people actually invite me for singing and so uh, like dancing, I'm always like running away.
0: OK, yeah, <laughs> no, nice. OK, thank you. It's great to get a bit more insight on you. Um, passing over to Millie for our final question.
2: Yeah, I really enjoyed that. They were great answers. <laughs> but you. our last question is always the same as is our first question what is a piece of advice that you would give to someone new wanting to enter the cybersecurity industry?
1: I would probably pass the advice that I got myself, that stay curious and keep learning. Maybe I would also add, oh, don't give up, but that basically sounds obvious. So, and then <laughs> definitely, like, at least keep, keep yourself up.
2: Amazing.
0: Brilliant. That's great that's advice. <laughs> yeah thanks so much for your time dimitri it was great to hear all your thoughts and insight and a real pleasure to have you on the show thank you
1: yeah thank you both harry and milie for this interesting discussions so i love it thanks thank you, to too. Too.
2: thank you
1: thank you
0: thank you for listening to the show if you enjoyed it please do subscribe and give us a rating it really helps these stories to be found and enjoyed by more people for more information about Nuco, we can be found at www.nuco-group.com. That's N-E-U-C-O-group.com.